Welcome to Sleepless in St. Canard, where nostalgia replaces REM cycles. I'm Kitty. And I'm Ange. And we haven't slept... In 30 years. This is a podcast about the 90s classic cartoon Darkwing Duck, but also about the more recent comic series about the 90s classic cartoon Darkwing Duck. Today we continue our Ange Tells Me a Story series about the comic misadventures of the multiple masked mallards and his multitudes of selves who will probably never appear again. Last episode, we did Crisis of Infinite Darkwings and a Crisis of Finite Kitties. And today, we pick up where we left off with... Which one? Foul Disposition. Foul Disposition, a.k.a. The Kitty Story. <laughs> you can't see this, because, but I did fold my arms angrily as I said that, because I have a foul disposition. Oh, okay, I get it. I get you see it. everyone? <laughs> As the title suggests, it is a foul-related story, so. Lousy with beak puss. Yes. I got a little bit of news, though. Okay. Very brief news. This is an update on the Negaduck Q-Figs. I have not received mine yet, but due to a bunch of zany mishaps, I might be going Mm -hmm. from no Negaduck to possibly three of them. <laughs> a swarm, a gaggle of negaducks. I think that's very appropriate because of any character out there, he's very much all or nothing. So I'm either gonna get no negaducks or you know, a lot of them. A crisis of infinite negaducks. Yeah, because basically what happened was the day that the pre-orders opened in the summer, I was traveling that day, so I couldn't order, and I was worried that it was going to sell out super quickly, so a friend ordered mine for me. And then when they shipped, she gave me the shipping tracking number that they had provided her from the Q... I think she bought it from the QMX site, and it just, like, never... There was nothing. Like, I checked the UPS thing, and it just kept saying that they had made a label but it hadn't been shipped anywhere and other people were receiving their negaduck qfigs and i'm just like what's going on here so i panicked because i I thought okay there's a possibility that like maybe it got lost in the mail so maybe i should take the initiative and order one from a different website just in case that one is lost and is never seen again so i ordered from entertainment earth and they shipped my negaduck And then my friend got in touch with QMX and they told her that they had shipped the Negaduck, but something must have happened where it wasn't scanned, so it's not being tracked. And to apologize, they're like, we'll ship another one with tracking attached to it. So there's possibly three of them on the way. So we'll find out eventually what's going to happen here. So you know how like, a bunch of pugs are called a grumble of pugs. What would a multitude of uh, negaducks be? I was going to say a harem, but that's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's not accurate. Um, a stench of negaducks. Oh, okay. I could get behind that. Funk. A funk of negaducks. <laughs> All right, well, that's cool. Uh, you'll have to let us know if you get a billion negaducks. Yeah, it'll be I can't a- think of anybody who deserves a billion negaducks more. <laughs> it had to so. happen. And then I, I did manage to order a Darkwing from Amazon. 
because apparently the Entertainment Earth and QMX aren't shipping out Darkwing till like January or February, but people can get them immediately from Walmart of all places, but only in the U.S., the American Walmart. But I found it on Amazon and they shipped it out to me. So that should be coming too. All kinds of surprises coming in the mail. You never know what you're going to get. Could be a dark There's wing. also another surprise coming to you in the mail, but really? that's from me. Yeah. <gasps> mm-hmm. I had no a idea. Little... I know. It's a it's a Christmas present that's probably going to get to you after Christmas. So it, it is not a negative Q-fig, so don't worry. <laughs> okay, good to know. Although that would be <laughs> funny if you had sent one. <laughs> You'd have just lined your whole walls like people have bookcases you just have negaduck after negaduck after negaduck yeah beautiful <laughs> that's my that's my news update for it's now. a good one yeah. <laughs> ready your jellies oh my jellies are unprepared <laughs> so the covers for the this one for issue nine is once again always so misleading it is Darkwing Duck in an office and there's a giant portrait of him on the wall in a different outfit that kind of looks like some sort of weird Captain America knockoff and he's looking all shocked and appalled and then in the foreground there's a silhouette lurking and I guess it's like a makeover for Darkwing and then the second cover is Steelbeak and it's you know like a mugshot type wanted poster and apparently with his head comb included he is seven feet tall oh that's terrifying yeah yeah that's tall without the head comb he's like six foot three (laughs) he's he's four foot nine (laughs) (laughs) previously in darkwing duck he is the terror that flaps in the night he is the case of mistaken identity that has the entire city of St. Canard distrusting him in the fallout of the destruction caused by an army of interdimensional darkwings. Our hero is in need of a serious image boost in order to regain his good name. Leave it to Darkwing's trusty sidekick, Launchpad McQuack, who has just the right person in mind to help. And I have to say, I feel like this whole thing was completely useless and I don't know why they put this in at all. <laughs> But because it has no bearing on the story whatsoever. But basically, we open up. Darkwing is in a boardroom, and we're listening to this guy talk, and he's clearly based off Don Draper from Mad Men. And that was because this comic came out in 2010, which was right around. I think that was the height of popularity for Mad Men. Mm-hmm. So they were trying to do like a whole oh, get it. So Darkwing has an image problem and this guy is talking about how they can fix it. It's almost like a rehash of the episode Let's Get Respectable, essentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this guy is just kind of going on about the hero in all of us. And he pulls up like a stupid photo of like a family at a picnic eating and they're wearing dark. Hold on. (laughs) Hold on. So it's just like let's get respectable, but without the finest moment of Darkwing Duck history with the the cops and the Elza Donut. Continue. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say. The I mean, finest... I assume I haven't I haven't read it. I assume they don't show up. I will I will eat my hat if they do. 
They don't, but I thought you were going to say awesome. the finest moment would be Negaduck in the diaper. I honestly thought that's what I, I, I mean, there are a lot of fine moments in that episode. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just Negaduck growling to himself in a, like in a, a dumpster-filled alleyway. If only that was that was not what we get here. Instead, this guy just goes on about how Darkwing Duck is everywhere, blah, blah, blah. And his name is Duck Draper, as if to make this mm -hmm. any more obvious. And mm -hmm. so Darkwing thinks this plan that Duck Draper has is really stupid. And he gets up on the windowsill and just starts yelling at them. He says, I don't want to see anyone else trying to be me because the public isn't going to pay you to plaster ads all over the place. I am, or I was. So I guess he was just angry because basically, I don't know, this guy's ideas sucked. So he's standing in this open window, yelling like an idiot, as Darkwing does. And we see uh, there's like a window cleaner, and we only see his feet, but it's implied to be goofy. Tosses like a banana peel, which lands on the ledge. And Darkwing's standing there ranting, and naturally he trips on the banana peel and falls out of a skyscraper. And then we get this full page, uh, I guess, intro. And I think it's meant to be a parody of the opening of Mad Men, where I think like there's a silhouette, I don't know, falling through the sky, and there's a bunch of skyscrapers with like reflections of characters. Have you seen Mad oh. Men? Because I haven't. I have not. No, but you know what? Let's just assume, let's, in our minds, that is what, that is exactly what this is. I'm pretty sure it is because I Googled Mad Men opening and I saw something similar with like a skyscraper. So I think that's what it was. And I don't understand why, because this is a comic that is presumably aimed at children. And I don't think too many kids would get a Mad Men reference. I don't know. Like, I, I don't get what the point of this was because this has no relevance to the rest of the story yeah i guess um it, it has kind of like an animaniacs feel to it where it's like yes it's a show for kids but also here's some adult things so if a grown-up is reading it then they'll be like oh i get it this is great yeah only I... you know weird there's a lot of points in this series where it just feels like the choices that were made were more for being flashy, less about plot and story, and just throwing in little references to things like, oh, remember this exists? And I feel like this is one of those cases. Like that one issue where Darkwing and Goslin are cooking meth in an RV <laughs> out in the desert? Yes. <laughs> what would his name be? Heisen? Heisen? Uh, Boar? Heisenbor? Oh, Heisenbor. He is the one that flaps in the night. Yeah, okay. All right. So I'm I'm waiting for the Breaking Bad spinoff. It'll be great. Let me know how it goes. So anyways, Darkwing falls and he lands on a roof. And then he hears an alarm going off at the library. He's basically confused. He's like, why would you rob the library? The books are free. Which is actually... I mean, but but also he just fell out of a window in a out of a meeting, and he's just like, libraries are for nerds. <laughs> so I have a question. I mean, was it just a throwaway, or was he like someplace that we were supposed to know? Because honestly, I kind of um, my brain nuked itself toward the end of last episode. What? So 
Launchpad is the head of Quackworks now? Yeah, he's been since the end of the first arc. Right, okay. And so he wasn't in the Quackworks building, it was just some random office. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be whatever office Don Draper would have worked in in Mad Men. Was Don Draper a, a, a duck? Yeah, named Duck Draper. All right, so that is a perfectly missed opportunity for him to have been a pig. <laughs> because he's played by John Hamm. Womp womp. See? All right. Continue libraries. <laughs> so, so he goes to investigate to see who the heck is robbing a library, and it's none other than Steelbeak. <laughs> uh, I hope... I, oh, wow. <laughs> that was perfect. Is Rob Paulson here? <laughs> so, I hope there's a sewer nearby that Steelbeak can sneak into. What's the... What are you setting up here? What's... What are you... Nothing. It's just he always seems to sneak away into the sewers. <laughs> oh, that's true. He is always in the sewers in the TV show. But no. Yeah. He basically... Okay. He runs out of the library and he's carrying a bunch of books and he's like, Darkwing, you have to help me. And it's not really explained why he was... I guess he robbed the library just to get Darkwing's attention, which worked, I guess. So... Okay. Yeah. Steelbeak basically says, um, he explains that after Quackworks took over, both Shush and Fowl were rendered obsolete, and a lot of employees from both factions became Quackworks employees, just like the rest of the supervillains and everybody. But Steelbeak decided to stay with Fowl, or what was left of Fowl, and they decided they were going to dabble in eldritch magic to enslave the world. I mean, this is a, a hell of a catch-up session we got going on here. <laughs> and Darkwing says, What on earth are you blabbering about with your rhinestone rhinoplasty? Okay. Sir. But Steelbeak goes on about Duckthulu. Ooh, Duckthulu And basically, Steelbeak isn't on board with Fowl's plan to resurrect the Eldritch god Duckthulu to take over the world because the robes are very bad fashion and he's not into that and also everybody's going to be mind controlled tick down another point for mind control third time oh. <laughs> it's almost like whoever was writing this script was mind controlled to include mind control maybe but no so Steelbeak basically is asking for Darkwing's help and, you know, appeals to his ego by complimenting him. And Darkwing's kind of like, uh, this seems kind of sus, but I guess I'll team up with Steelbeak. And then for some reason, they just take off in a hovering car. And again, I have to say that this happens several times throughout the series where the villain will just randomly have a car that flies. Remember Quackerjack had one? in the Yes, Quackerjack <laughs> had his, his personal face jet. Um... Is this shape like Steelbeak's face? It is not, unfortunately. Oh. I don't How think. is he supposed to find it in a parking lot, then? It's basically like a black, uh, I don't know, fancy car. Like, whatever, like, James Bond would drive. So, what if everybody had a car that looked like them? And that's how you knew what car was yours. Would that be kind of like a weird thing where if you got in a car crash and, and the face of the car got mashed in, your face would automatically get mashed in too? Like a soul link? No, but that 
but that does mean that you either are going to fight that person or fall in love with that person and kiss them. Depending <laughs> on how the cars hit. Like, if they hit nose to nose, then you guys, you're in love. You're married now. Beautiful. Sorry, I don't make the rules. Copyright us. <laughs> Do not steal Jeffrey Bezos or Elon Musk. This one's mine. <laughs> so they're flying through St. Cadard and basically Steelbeak's showing off this fancy car that has a lot of gadgets. And he keeps mentioning stuff about how it makes sandwiches. And this becomes like a running joke throughout the whole arc about sandwich making. And I didn't get it. And I felt like it was really played out for far too long. But anyways, Darkwing realizes that it's almost 8 o'clock. So he's like, uh, land the car down there by those houses. There's something I've got to do. And that thing is tucking Goslin in for bed. So he just lands them down on Avian Way and he's like, hold on, I gotta go take care of something. And They don't really, they don't show it. They show them in the air and Darkwing's saying, land over there. And then it switches immediately to Drake in the bedroom and he's tucking Goslin in. And she's like, oh, wow, you're going out to stock the streets. And she, of course, she wants to come naturally. And he says, not on a school night. And then he leaves her. Is that the only time we see God? <laughs> no, actually. She plays a pretty uh, decent role, I guess you could say, in this issue and this arc. But obviously, she's not impressed. And he's being kind of cagey about it. Like, he doesn't tell her he's working with Steelbeak. He's just like, yeah, I've got some stuff I got to do. And I'm going out and you can't come. And she's not impressed, as usual. And then he goes downstairs, and for some reason, Morgana's in the living room reading a book. And mm. I don't know if she's supposed to be babysitting Goslin, because immediately she says, I was thinking of showing Eek, Squeak, and Archie how St. Kennard's latest superpower couple handles crime in this city. And she wants to go along with him, basically, which, if she was supposed to be watching Goslin, I feel like she wouldn't have asked that. I don't know. There's mm. no explanation. She's just down there for some reason. And, of course, Darkwing dismisses her really quickly. He says it's going to be a very uneventful night. His exact words are, I don't think we'd make much use of your skills. And then he says, taking care of Goslin will probably be a lot more exciting. Thanks again, by the way. And then he just slams the door and leaves. And Morgana is crossing her arms and she looks really angry and just displeased because he basically was just he blew her off mm -hmm. say that she now has a foul disposition <laughs> there we go that's clearly it all goes back to this <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile goslin is in bed and she hears the sound of steelbeak's car taking off and she sits up in her bed and she looks out the window and she sees Steelbeak flying away with Darkwing. And she's like, no way. Why would Dad be working with Steelbeak? He must be mind controlled or something. And that's why he didn't oh. want me to come along. And so she's like, well, I have to go save him now. So she follows him, essentially. The next time somebody does something I don't understand or that I, it upsets me, I'm just like, oh, you must be mind controlled. <laughs> yes. And if you were in this universe... There would probably be like a 75% possibility that is the case. Flip a coin. <laughs> so this part of the comic, this became a bit controversial and it became super obvious that the writer Ian Brill was trying to, I don't know if he was intentionally trying to push Morgana out of the comics or he was leading up to a breakup or something. 
but he was really going the mile to make Morgana very unhappy with the status of their relationship. She's sitting in the living room and she sits back in the chair with her arms crossed. And then we get like a couple panels of her just looking angry. And then she says, don't think we'd make much use of your skills, he says. So I didn't get the job done against Paddywhack, Mr. Darkwing. And then she says, it's like all that's important to him are thrills and glory. She says, what is it that I even want? And then she keeps talking. And then in the background, you can see Goslin as Quiverwing Quack. A rope drops down because Morgana's sitting in front of a window. So behind her, you see the rope drop down and then Goslin sliding down and escaping and running away while Morgana's just ranting to herself. <laughs> I'd like to know how he'd feel stuck playing babysitter while I was off gallivanting around the city. I helped him fight off Negaduck and Paddywhack, all whilst having to stare at Magicka's awful fashion sense. Haven't I suffered enough for him? This would all be so easy if he didn't mean so much to me. And then she sinks into her chair. Why, why spend like the whole previous arc getting them back together? and just be like, they're going to break up. Also, there's a lot of um, attention being drawn to fashion sense. Yeah, there really is. Arc so far. So the whole, somebody needs to babysit Goslin thing. Did they just remember that that's a thing that people can do? Also, where's Launchpad? Oh, wait, he might be, I guess, doing CEO stuff at Quackworks, but I don't see why he couldn't watch Goslin. That. Darkwing and Launchpad left Goslin alone at the house all the time. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. usually shows up at some point. There's never any like babysitter tied up in a closet somewhere. There should be. Oh, we know of anyway. Maybe there's literal piles of skeletons of tied up babysitters in the closet. Skeletons in the closet, you would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would. Well. Okay, so Morgana's bummed out. Yeah. And, yeah, Goslin's off. She's run off to follow Darkwing, which, okay, I guess that's where we're heading. So, Steelbeak takes Darkwing to a foul secret location, which is a mountain of some sort. And Steelbeak says to Darkwing, remember this old place? And you know what? I genuinely don't know what he's referring to because I do not recognize the location. It looks like the spiral mountain that the macabre mansion sits on in Monsters R Us, but it's also clearly not that. Okay. So I feel like this is like a reference to something, like one of the episodes, but I don't know which one. Steelbeak's bright idea is that plan is... So this, apparently this giant mountain is foul secret headquarters and it's a little hologram or an illusion or something like that. So they walk into the mountain, and Darkwing decides that it was either him or Steelbeak. I think it's Steelbeak that comes up with the idea that Darkwing ties up Steelbeak like he's holding him hostage and forcing him to let him into the headquarters, I guess, so that they don't know they're working together. Mm -hmm. And uh, they get caught immediately. <laughs> A bunch of Eggman just pop out of nowhere. So Darkwing fights them off, and then a hundred more Eggman appear and get Darkwing standing there with Steelbeak still tied up. And Steelbeak whispers to Darkwing, "Nice, nice white cow." And then one of the one of the random Eggman goes, "They're in cahoots." Steelbeak just told Darkwing, "Nice work, pal." And Steelbeak's like, "I was complimenting his hat. Nice work picking out that hat." 
And then the Eggmen are like, it's not that nice a hat. <laughs> and Darkwing's just insulted. As he should be. So do they buy it or no? No, because the, the next panel uh-huh. is thousands of Eggman chasing them both in hot I was going to say trying on Darkwing's hat. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> no, they're running and they chase them right back out of the mountain. And they climb back into Steelbeak's flying car. And now they're being chased by lasers from flying Eggman. And they're flying all over the place. And then Steelbeak gets shot by a laser in the shoulder and he passes out he says i hope you've got good insurance darkwing because you got to pilot this now and then he passes out and that's the end of the issue where darkwing trying to drive this flying car while steelbeak's unconscious body is just lying there in the driver's seat do a barrel roll is there a roof to this car uh no yeah do a barrel roll on to the next issue um so the next issue covers for issue 10. One of them is the silhouettes of Fowl High Command with the silhouette of what is going to be Duck Fulu. And then we see Steelbeak looming over Darkwing and he's holding some dynamite and he has uh, brass knuckles around his fingers. Oh, okay. And then the second cover is Steelbeak in the background holding a bomb and Darkwing in the foreground like in mid-walk and i feel like that's supposed to be a reference to an action movie or like james bond or something just the way it's set up Mm, probably probably is so there's several panels of darkwing trying to fly this car and he's being chased back and forth by the eggman and they're shooting lasers at him and darkwing starts pushing all these buttons on the car and it create i i don't know a sandwich pops out (laughs) <laughs> and what what kind uh it's one of those like sandwiches that has like a toothpick in the top with a little olive and then it looks like it's got lettuce and tomatoes and some sort of meat oh yes some kind of meat sandwich yeah best kind. classic cartoon sandwich and darkwing says so apparently launchpad designs every flying machine in saint canard which i guess get it because launchpad is hungry all the time and all he does is eat oh yes you should get that do you not out. do you not hear me laughing <laughs> i'm laughing very hard so darkwing presses another button and a giant gun pops out of the car and shoots. Does it also have, like, is it, like, between two pieces of bread with a toothpick in it? No, but that would be kind of funny. But it does shoot the Eggman, and then he presses another button, and a bunch of, like, a giant fly swatter comes out, and some boxing gloves, and they start punching and beating up all the Eggman. I swear to God there was a barrel roll joke in this. Maybe there isn't. (laughs) Maybe I'm compensated for that. Maybe. I could swear, like, Steelbeak said, do a barrel roll. (laughs) (laughs) How would he say that? Do a barrel roll. (laughs) Do a barrel... I don't know. (laughs) Do a barrel (laughs) rug. Okay, so they're flying, and then Steelbeak tells him to fly to this, like, ridge, which is actually a holograph. He wakes back up again? (laughs) Oh, yeah, he was kind of half awake weekly telling Darkwing what to do, I guess. Oh, so he didn't faint clear away. He he was just like, uh, 
Oh, ow. Oh, no. Yes, exactly. Make a left. <laughs> and then they transform into a hologram of the llama from the Emperor's New Groove. So there's just a uh, llama on a Cusco mountain. llama? Yeah, like a Cusco llama. Okay. And all the Eggman fly past and they see the llama and then they fly away because they're like, I don't know where they went. They must have left. Okay. Meanwhile... Morgana goes to visit Launchpad, who is in the Quackworks office doing CEO stuff. And what's really weird is, like, we see Launchpad sitting at a desk, and he's holding a bunch of papers and writing with a pen. And I feel like that's a little too... I don't know. I can't see Launchpad actually doing office things in an office. I was I was hoping that you were going to say he was holding a pile of papers between two pieces of bread with a toothpick with an olive <laughs> on it. Again, that would be funny, but we're not going for funny here, apparently. Is he wearing a tie? Is it very small? He is wearing a tie, but it is a regular size tie. Damn it! Also, <laughs> is Morgana coming to Launchpad to ask if Goslin has come here? She shows up and says, Have you heard from Dark? And then Launchpad says, He told me he wanted to be left alone tonight. He looked pretty down in the dumps. And Morgana says, really? He came by to see Goslin and me, then left in a fairly chipper mood. And then Launchpad's like, huh, maybe he caught an uplifting film about the power of the familiar bond after I left. So, all right. I asked this question because she's just like, uh, I have to babysit. And then immediately leaves the child. I guess. Maybe she's realized at this point that Goslin left. I don't know. If, if she didn't, she's not doing a very good job of babysitting, that's for sure. Uh, apparently. And also, I like that Goslin's plan was, I'm just going to run after a car. Yeah, and somehow she succeeds. And it doesn't explain <laughs> how, but she makes it to the mountain, which, like, in we can see these mountains are far off from St. Canard, and you have to fly to them. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But Morgana, Morgana tells Launchpad that she's worried because the entire mystical community is buzzing about a cataclysmic event going down tonight. Something worse than Paddywhack. And then she pulls out a crystal ball and shows Launchpad. And she says, here, take a look. And this isn't really explained, but they look at the crystal ball and all it says is, just got a vision of a purple pawn. Also, some say Duckthulu may rise. Related? And I don't know if this is supposed to be, they're implying Crystal Ball, the magical community, is kind of like the internet, where people write stuff into the Crystal Ball and then they read it. Mm, I, I guess. And then Launchpad asks, what's Duckthulu? And Morgana gets all dramatic. A being from beyond our world who will drink the marrow from the bones of our reality to satisfy his evil thirst. And Launchpad's like, oh, that sounds bad. <clears throat> True. It does. And then does Mor that sound great? Yeah, and she says, well, if Dekthulu is rising, we'll find the first signs in the simplest of people, like people who are really stupid. And almost immediately, Morgana and Launchpad say, the Muddlefoots! Hey! Hey! <laughs> Chill out, guys! I feel like Launchpad isn't one to talk, and I don't think Launchpad is the Seriously. type that would ever... I mean, he would be my barometer. Hey, how you feeling, bud? Yeah, Launchpad doesn't even strike me as the type that would think less of the Muddlefoots or, you know, I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's just rude. 
And then we get this weird panel of Launchpad and Morgana walking out of the office, and Launchpad says, I'm glad we have you around for stuff like this. And Morgana says, oh, thanks. Glad to be around. Surely that's not foreshadowing. Dun, dun, dun. And then we get this uh, really weird conversation between Morgana and Launchpad where she asks Launchpad how he puts up with Darkwing for so long because it comes with so many challenges. And Launchpad talks about how it's so exciting that he gets to hang out with a guy he idolizes who is also his best friend. And I found this like a really weird exchange because it was kind of once again implying that Morgana somehow doesn't appreciate Darkwing or she's fed up with him or just finds him challenging. Whereas everybody else around Darkwing is like, oh, no, we love him. This is who he is. And I think that's once again, it was like they were trying to go for pushing Morgana out eventually. Mm. Yeah, especially like... I don't know. It's just because the way they were presented in the first arc, it was like the polar opposite of what's happening now. Yeah, especially because Launchpad and Darkwing weren't even talking at the beginning of the series. Yeah. I, I don't know. But yeah, Morgana literally says to Launchpad, How do you do it? And he says, How can I not? You say challenges, I say happenings. And again, it doesn't sound like Launchpad to me. No. A lot no. of the characters do not sound like themselves. Basically, Morgana especially and Launchpad, they just sound, I can't hear their voices, you know, when I'm reading this. Yeah. So yeah. Launchpad says they're, they're going up to the Muddlefoot's front doorsteps and they're opening the front door while he's saying that with him by my side, I feel I can take on any weird or freaky thing that comes my way. And then he and Morgana are looking shocked, and he says, and boy, do I sure wish he was here right now. And we get a panel of the Muddlefoots, but they've turned into horrible tentacle people. Like, they've got... No. Like, Herb Muddlefoot has... He's cooking at a grill, but he's got swirlies in his eyes like he's hypnotized, and his chin is made of octopus tentacles, and his arms... He has four octopus tentacles for arms, and his little... Hawaiian shirt has been replaced by Dathulu heads and his, yeah. his feet are horrifically clawed and basically look like a real life duck's feet if you were to draw like a hyper realistic duck. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least he still has the herbiness to fire up the grill. Yeah. And Binky and Tank are there too and they've all been changed. And he says, hi, a neighbor. Neighbor. Uck. Ack. Ugh. Duckthulu for sure, Duckthulu for sure. And apparently that's all they say when they're hypnotized is Duckthulu for sure. Uh, okay. Launchpad is looking really unimpressed. And he says, and that is, and Morgana says, the beginning effects of Duckthulu's rise. And he says, So I just want to say that the conversation leading up to this with Launchpad and Morgana, if they started at the Quacks work, Quackworks building? That was a really long conversation. It sure was. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. So they Duck leave. for sure. They just, I don't know, they, they wanted to confirm, I guess, that Duck Thulu was indeed rising, because then they just turn and leave, and leave the Muddlefoots there. Well, looks like he, yep. All right, nothing else to see here. And then we'll we're back. you later. Yeah, 
We're back outside at Fowl headquarters where Quiverwing Quack has arrived. And Honker as Arrow Kid is there and he's riding his bike and he looks exhausted. So maybe, I don't know, maybe she sat on the handlebars of Honker's bike and he <laughs> drove them there because I could see that happening. What a, what a trooper. Honker asks her if this is Fowl's base and Goslin says, Dad accidentally drove us here on the way to Splashtown, USA, which doesn't really answer the question and I don't remember what episode that could have been in because I don't remember that. Um, yeah, me either. Like the only time I can think of them going on a trip and getting lost is I think UFO'd where they get abducted by aliens and Darkwing gets his brain scooped out of his head but that's not a foul episode so i don't know who could say meanwhile darkwing is dragging steelbeak's unconscious body to foul's main room which gets a full page spread and it doesn't look particularly amazing to me but darkwing is geeking out at all the gadgets and stuff steelbeak conveniently drags himself into a giant metal tube that instantly heals him with what are referred to oh. as Fowl's medicine rays <laughs> that they have, I guess. Okay. So, here we go, Kitty. Are you ready for this? All right. Steelbeak sure. is... <laughs> You're ready for anything at this point. So, Steelbeak is showing off the Fowl <laughs> gadgets, and they're interrupted by a character off screen who says, Are you giving away Fowl secrets to Darkwing Duck? And then we come to the next page... And we see a very sexy anthropomorphic fox lady in a cat suit. Mm -hmm. Which I, I guess they missed a, a pun there. But she's she looks like Maid Marian from the Robin Hood movie with the foxes, but with like a, a 60s spy hairdo and okay. purple eyelid makeup. And she's really thin and curvy and all that stuff. And I remember when I first read this comic the very first time and it, I got to that page, I kind of like paused and was like, is this happening or am I having a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know, it was just, it was so out of left field for me. I wasn't expecting it. And also the fact that she's a fox and it looks kind of out of place in my opinion to the style yeah. of the comic because up to this point, Darkwing Duck, the universe, you usually only see dog face people and ducks, the occasional ambiguous bird, and maybe like a few background animal characters, but not many. And she just, I don't know, like, I don't mind the fact that she's very sexy looking and seductive, because of course I don't, you know how I roll, I'm, I'm all about that. But it was, I think the decision to make her a fox, I don't know. I, I didn't get it. And she doesn't even have a tail. Uh, if you're going to make an animal person, you have to give them a cute, floofy tail. Yeah, well, she looks like, because I just looked her up, she looks like the chick from the 60s show The Avengers. She, she literally is just that character. Is her name and that was a... Emma Peel? Yeah. Okay, because this character is named Femme Appeal. Oh, there you go. So that's what they're basing it off of then. Like, they literally just took that design, is what you're saying. Yeah, it seems like it. You said this was a so 60s she's... spy show? Yep. 
Okay, so I was right about the hairdo then. Why does she have this hairdo in the 2000s? Yeah, let me, sh I'll just send you a picture of her because that's totally what it is. Uh, yes, I see that. Okay, yeah. Interesting. Okay. What kid doesn't love the Avengers, <laughs> aka the 60s Avengers, not the Marvel Avengers, because all kids love the Marvel Avengers? Yeah, and I don't know. The whole, it was just a little weird. Her name is Femme Appeal, and I want to warn you right now that this is the first of many female characters that get introduced that has a name related to something to do with being a woman, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, well, that just seems very James Bondy. Yeah, it's very, to me, it's like none of these characters are allowed to just be characters. It's like they are also characters who are women, and you, you have to be reminded of that in their names mm -hmm. and we'll get to that mm -hmm. in some of the later issues where that comes up again with some other characters but yeah so we got fam appeal and i thought this was kind of weird and timely because we've got morgana who is questioning her relationship with darkwing and now we so have... i have a question i'm sorry i just have a question though but are, are there male characters like that too is there like dick <laughs> dong no <laughs> if only brett brad chest hair <laughs> Nope. It's only the women. Testy testosterone? <laughs> okay. Continue on. I'm, I'm just going to repopulate this world in my own head for a little bit. Okay. But you could continue. Okay. Well, as I was saying, I thought this was suspicious because this is right. Like, we have Morgana questioning her relationship with Darkwing. Femme Appeal shows up and Darkwing is just ogling her shamelessly. Like he has like the cartoon, his jaw has dropped to the ground and he's just staring at her while she's talking. Uh. And then they start, they all start running because uh, Femme Appeal says that she also wants to stop Fowl because she's not okay with their plan. So she's running with them and literally he's still just staring at her. Like she's the most beautiful, hottest thing he has ever seen in his life seems to be a lot of people not wanting to follow Fowl's plan and he's just bumbling into all of them um yeah yes convenient yeah, yeah babes babe am i right and i don't know what ian brill's problem was with morgana like i don't know what his beef was that he just did not seem to want her around in this comic or i don't know in that relationship and i don't know why and i don't think we'll ever know why it's a great mystery. So because her because her name didn't have anything to do with her sexuality or her gender. <laughs> How can you tolerate a, a woman like that? And again, I have to press the fact that if you're going to make animal characters, I think you should bank on the fact that you can give them amazing tails because I just think it's adorable when they give duck women cute fluffy tails and you could give her like a fox tail. It, I don't know, that, that's a pet peeve yeah, of mine. The, the foxtail is like the, the defining feature of a fox. Yeah. Why make her a fox if you're not going to give her a tail? I find that a lot of female characters, when they're designed to be more humanoid, they don't let them have more animal features. Like, Morgana doesn't have a tail either, even in the original cartoon. And I, I never like that. And when I draw fan art of her, I always give her a little fluffy duck tail because... I don't know. You're basically just taking a human woman and slapping a duck bill over top of them and you're not getting creative with the other animal features. I don't know. Mm. I got some beef here, yeah. clearly, with this character design Well, I mean, stuff. like, you can have, like, 
the the bombshell figure and still have a tail like carmelita fox from sly cooper yeah and i think she would have looked great with a tail like even like in this yeah. first pick like the first panel we see a femme appeal she's leaning against uh, a wall and she's got her one hand on her hip and it's you know a flirtatious pose i think having a, a little foxtail or a big ploofy fox foxtail that's maybe like wrapping around her leg or something it would have it would have yeah. looked cool and they're so expressive it could have just been fun to like have her tail react when she did but i mean whatever yeah uh, i guess guess it's not happening she cut her tail be off able to see that booty maybe uh foul cut her tail off as part of her i don't know induction into the organization induction <laughs> oh, i didn't i walked right into that <laughs> you waddled right in I sure did. So they find a bookcase and I guess it's a secret, you know, book path where you pull the book and they all fall behind like a secret passage. So Femme Appeal basically joins them and they end up in this secret passage and they're talking about like the Eggmen and of course Steelbeak says, that's right, there are the Eggmen because you know... They are the Eggman. And then... They are the Eggman. And then there's Tusker Needy. And he is a walrus. Not Coo-coo, quite. What does happen is a giant metallic robot walrus busts through Aww. the door. And Steelbeak says, and there is the walrus. And then Darkwing says, cuckoo, kachoo. Yeah, there it is. I just feel like Tusker Needy should have just like leaned out of a closet and be like, oh. <laughs> And of course, Darkwing is trying to fight this giant metallic robot and gets crushed immediately and starts shooting lasers at them. So they all run away. There's a Me lot of lasers. Yeah, there is a lot of lasers. I guess because this is still a kid's comic and they can't really use bullets at any point. So lasers tend to be the fallback. Of course, as I say that, the next page is... <laughs> <laughs> is Darkwing getting shot in the temple. <laughs> No, it's Goslin and Honker <laughs> running from a bunch of traps, and the first one is a buzzsaw that's trying to cut them in uh -huh. half, and then uh -huh. a giant 5,000-pound weight, and then the alligator from Peter Pan, and they fall through a trapdoor, they land on the ground, and suddenly someone off-screen says, good thing I brought some help, and then we see Ammonia Pine... And do you remember Hotshot and Fly Girl? Oh, yeah. They were major synapses cronies, right? Yes, from Heavy Mental. Yeah. They're, they're with her. And Ammonia says, because this is a big mess we need to clean up. And then that issue ends. But the to be continued. Are the only foul agents we really see really Ammonia Pine and Steelbeak in the show? Uh, in Ample Grime. Okay. And Major Synapse. Yeah, so I guess they didn't um, have much to pull from. Yeah. I don't know. Is um Phineas Sharp foul too? I don't think so. He was implied to be he's... more of just an exclusive Derek Blunt villain. Yeah, he's just like a Moriarty kind of guy. Well, folks, it's that time again for me to say we're ending this episode here. But I'm happy we made it to the halfway point without exceeding an hour. Next week, we'll be concluding our foul disposition arc with issues 11 and 12. But until then, crime doesn't sleep, and neither do we. 
Bye.